Hey, this is Pastor Roy Barrett from Discover Life Church. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Now let's get ready to be transformed, have our hearts encouraged, and live the life God has created us to live. Enjoy today's teaching. The Gospel according to St. John, chapter number one, uh, chapter number 10, chapter number 10, John chapter number 10, and we want to look at verses 1 through 14. To all of our first time guests, thank you so much for tuning in and joining with us. Um, it's our privilege to have you today, and we pray that God would richly bless you for your decision to allow DLC to host you. Um, on this Sunday service. We don't take it for granted and we don't take it lightly that you've given us the privilege um, of being your choice of place of worship on today. So thank you from the bottom of my heart from myself, Pastor Roy Barrett, and my lovely wife, Pastor Crystal Barrett, all the elders, directors, leaders, and volunteers, and members, to all of our first-time guests, thank you so much for tuning in. John chapter number 10, verse number 1. John 10, and we're going to read from verses 1 through 14. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, all, when he has brought out all, his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they would never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep, and all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The higher hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Now, <clears throat> Father, thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Thank you for the unfolding of your word. Our hearts are open and yielded to you. Thank you for the truth that transforms us and calls us to become everything you have called us to be and to do everything you have graced us to do. We love you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're in a series entitled Fall Fitness, where if you remember at the beginning of this year, prior to all things pertaining to COVID and, and the pandemic, our focus is fit for life. And so it's the understanding that everything pertaining to God's best for our lives, what God has promised and what you and I are praying for, we will not receive it accidentally. We, not, we will not receive it automatically. We're going to receive it because we posture ourselves and position ourselves in such a way that God knows we're ready to receive. So that's a very significant life truth that oftentimes God navigates us through life in such a way where he's getting us ready for what he has ready for us to have. And so we're looking at through fall fitness the various ways that you and I have to get fit, get ourselves ready to get ourselves in shape, to get ourselves in the position to receive the best that God has for our lives. And so my focus today, number one, today is the spiritual fitness. It is getting spiritually fit. So we're talking about spiritual fitness on today. Boki did a great job setting us up last week. And then don't forget Elder Norman did a great job on last Wednesday setting us up for Bible study on Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock as we're talking about Fitness during foolishness, life lessons from the book of Ecclesiastes. So on this Wednesday at 7 p.m., I look forward to seeing everybody on Facebook Live on the DLC page as we talk about um, some life lessons from the book of Ecclesiastes. And so we're going to talk about spiritual fitness on today. Now, let me give you a theme so you and I can make sure we're clear. Watch this. Our primary position, our primary position 
and preparation for manifesting God's best in our lives never starts in the natural. Our primary position and preparation for God's best to manifest in our lives never starts in the natural. It never starts with our physical abilities or human efforts. It is rooted in our willingness to cultivate a life that is lived from the frequency channel by which God communicates. I'm going to say it again. Our primary position and preparation for the manifestation of God's best never starts in the natural. It never starts in the physical. It never starts with human efforts and human abilities. It starts with and it is rooted in our willingness to cultivate a life that is lived from the frequency channel by which God operates. And because God is a spirit, that means God operates and God does everything on a spiritual level. He transforms and transfers to our lives, for our lives, through our lives, everything on a spiritual level because God is a spirit. So therefore, we have to get in spiritual shape for God to transform and transfer everything that he has promised and that we are praying for. That's, that's the framework. That's the backdrop. I'm going to say it again. Our primary position and preparation for the manifestation of God's best never starts in the natural, never starts in the physical, never starts with our human effort and abilities. It starts with us getting on the same frequency dial, channel, and tune by which God can transfer and transform all the things that he has for our lives. And since God is a spirit, then we got to get on a spiritual dial. It's kind of like in the old days. You got FM and AM, even though you have it now, most people don't listen to um, CDs. <clears throat> God's dial is spiritual. Man's dial is natural. God's dial is eternal. Human's dial is temporal. So we got to get on God's dial. Now, what do you mean, Pastor Roy, when you talk about spiritual fitness? If you have any questions, I'm going to ask that you put them in the comment line, and if I see them, I'll try to get to them. I know I have uh, <clears throat> PK is monitoring some of the um, some of the comments. So if you have a question, please feel free share it, and I'll try to get to some questions at the end of service. Watch this. What do you mean when you talk about spiritual fitness? I'm glad you asked. This is a long uh, definition, but it gives great context to help you and I understand. Here's what I mean when I say spiritual fitness. Watch this. Living authentically and consistently from a dominant conviction that because of my connection to God and consecration in God, everything about my life at any moment will work out or turn out for my good. Did you catch that? I need to say it again. Okay. What do you mean, Pastor Roy, when you say spiritual fitness? What are you talking about? You just told me that everything about my life to be in position and preparation to manifest its best does not start in the natural, but it starts with me getting on the same dial and frequency level that God operates on, which is spiritual. Exactly. So what do you mean when you say spiritually fit? What, what's the framework or the context for spiritual fitness that you're talking about? Here we go. Living authentically and consistently from a dominant, that is the key word, a dominant conviction that because of my connection to God and my consecration in God, everything about my life at any moment will work out and turn out for my good. Now to all my scribes that are typically um, following along, if you got all that, please share that in the comment section so everybody can be following along. That's what I talk of that's what I'm saying when I mean spiritual fitness so that you can follow me. That's what we're talking about. It is the dominant lifestyle, dominant attitude. It is the dominant way of going through life 
that says, you know what, my confidence in God, my obedience to God is never a waste. That's why it is spiritual fitness, not natural fitness, not logical or rational fitness, not circumstantial fitness, but it is spiritual fitness because it doesn't make sense. It is trusting God, obeying God, following God, clinging to God, loving God, serving God, honoring God, even when you and I can't always comprehend or control every circumstance, we remain in position, we remain in that posture, we remain poised in the attitude and actions that qualifies us for God's best. Again, spiritual fitness, living authentically and consistently from a dominant conviction that because of my connection to God, and consecration in God, everything about my life at any moment will work out or turn out for my good. Now, if you got that, that's some good teaching and some good preaching. I want you give me two thumbs up, give me an emoji, give me a running shoe. If you got that, that your dominant disposition is that because of my connection to God, because of my consecration in God, man, at any moment in my life, at any time, at any point, my circumstance and situations will pivot for my good, for his glory. It will turn out, it will work out. Even when I can't comprehend, even when I can't control it, it will pivot for my good. Somebody asked me one more time, <laughs> bless my people over in, um, in Uganda. Bless you guys over in Kapala. Love you guys to life. Praying for y'all so much over there. Here we go. Living authentically and consistently from a dominant conviction that because of my connection to God and consecration in God, everything about my life at any moment will work out or turn out for my good. Mm-hmm. Now, this is why... Today we're going to do something different. What do you mean we're going to do something different? Today, I'm going to give you four vital areas that I believe are significant and pertinent to spiritual fitness. I'm going to give you four areas, but I'm not just going to give you four areas. Under each area, we're going to rate or grade ourselves. We're going to put ourselves on a scale from one to five, and you're going to have to answer a question not because it's an issue of judgment, not because it's condemnation, so that we can have an honest assessment about where we're starting from and where we are in that area. Um, one, Bryce uh, Boggs, who works with our youth ministry, who's one of, one of our trainers, great trainer, and he and Kyle, um, I used to see them, you know, at the Concourse Athletic Club, when they're working with their trainers or working with their um, clients, they would do an assessment physical assessment, um, ask them questions about eating, ask them questions you know, about just what do they want to accomplish and different things like that. It's not for judgment, it's so that they can tailor their workouts, so that they can tailor um, their training, so that they can tailor um, recommended eating to help them be their best, to get them in the shape they want. So that's why even with me giving you these four areas and having these questions, to rate and grade ourselves is not for judgment. It is for you and I to be able to say, this is where I am in this area. All right, I need to work on this area. And so I'm going to give you these four areas, and we're going to grade ourselves on a scale from one to five. One to five, and here's the scale. One being poor. One being poor because I do this rarely, rarely. One is poor because I do it rarely. Three, being mediocre or average because I do it sometimes. One is poor because I do it rarely. Three is mediocre because I do it average and I do it sometimes. Then, of course, five, it means I'm in top shape. I always it's an always. Now, <clears throat> with these four areas, let's be honest. Let's go ahead and just be honest. 
it's so easy to say five, 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 just to give ourselves all fives. And you can, um, but watch this. I may be a five in one area as it relates to that question from a holistic from a holistic standpoint. I'm just saying my whole life, yeah, I always do this. But you know what? I can trust God. Somebody can say, let me just give you an example as we go. Somebody may say, okay, how do you rate yourself in trusting God on a scale from one to five? Oh, I'm a five. I trust God. I believe God. And then you get a little bit more specific and you go like, you know what? Man, but when it, I can trust God at a five when it comes to finances. But when it comes to trusting God as it relates to healing in my body, I struggle with that. So you want you know what? Okay, I'm not a five holistically. Man, I'm really like at a three. So you're going to have to be honest with yourself as you answer these questions. Amen. You guys ready to rock and roll? All right. Somebody wanted to know if, <clears throat> about the uh, the statement I gave again for um, spiritual fitness. Thank you, Shelby. Living authentically and consistently from a dominant, not a dominant conviction, a dominant conviction or disposition. That's fine. Living authentically and consistently from a dominant conviction that because of my connection to God and consecration in God, everything about my life at any moment will work out and turn out for my good. All right, so let's roll. <clears throat> thank you, guys. All right, so thank you, guys. That's what I'm saying. Share your comments online so we can... We, we can go through this together. So I'm going to give you these four areas that pertains to spiritual fitness for our preparation and positioning for God's manifested best, blessings and breakthroughs. And we're going to look at four areas. You're going to rate yourself and grade yourself on a scale from one to five. One being poor because it's something that rarely happens. Three being um, average, mediocre because sometimes. And then five being always because I always do it John chapter number 10 verses 1 through 14 now here's the backdrop the gospel according to St. John is the last of four gospels the first three Matthew Mark and Luke are called synoptic gospels that's because they're all written from synoptic from a similar point of view but John's gospel is not a synoptic gospel because it is written from a much different perspective or different point of view John's gospel from the beginning to the end is written in spiritual language. Everything about John's gospel is spiritual. That's why even with Matthew and Luke that gives us the birth of Jesus, they starts off with the genealogy of Jesus in the natural. Mark starts off with like the miracles of Jesus. John starts off spiritual. In the beginning was the word. He don't even start off with nothing natural. He starts off spiritual. In the beginning was the word and the word was God and the word was with God. Because John's whole focus is to communicate in such a way that he convinces the readers and his audience that everything about God's best that has been made available and accessible is going to require you and I to have this conviction. Spiritual fitness is non-optional. So John's gospel is like, look, everything that you're praying for, you have to recognize spiritual fitness is non-optional. Everything God has for you, spiritual fitness is non-optional. You and I got to make sure we are spiritual. That's John's focus. That's why it's not a synoptic gospel. Because he is telling us everything about God revolves around you and I becoming more spiritual in perspective and in our practice. And so I'm going to give you these four areas that I want you and I to relate. Our, um, we're going to grade ourselves. And again, if you have any questions, just go ahead and put them over in the comment line and I'll try to get to them. The beauty about me being at home today, I'm trying to be a little bit more uh, relaxed, I'm trying to take my time a little bit more. I could be a little bit more preferably, uh, preferably a little bit more personal. Here's number one. Here's the four areas for uh, that are going to be very vital and key to spiritual fitness. Area number one. Number one, identity in God. Identity in God. Identity in God. Where are you getting this from, Pastor Roy? Because in the passage of Scripture, Jesus clearly tells us that the shepherd calls each sheep by name. 
the sheep are known watch this the sheep are known by their relationship with the shepherd the sheep are known by their relationship with the shepherd he knows them by name if you're taking notes here is something so significant that you want to make sure you're clear it's not just that he knows me by name I love that and that that's comforting that's very reassuring that God knows me by name and the multitude of all the people on the face of the earth he knows me by name he knows the number of hairs on my head even though it's not many it's this fact right here when it says that he knows the sheep by name it is recognizing that the shepherd defines me the shepherd defines my borders and my boundaries it is the shepherd who gives me my sense of what's right and wrong in regards to my beliefs my behaviors and my belonging so when we say God defines us God knows us by name we're saying God defines my borders and my boundaries what's right what's wrong what constitutes my beliefs my behavior my belonging so here's the question I want to ask you this is not the question to grade yourself but it's really just a question to to get us thinking are you known more well how can I say it spiritual fitness is less it is less about being known through outward actions through outward actions and associations but being known more by your faith in God and your fulfillment in God see spiritual fitness is less about being known through outward actions and associations your outward appearance your attire things in the natural and it is more about being known by our faith in God and our fulfillment in God when someone is defining you and describing you to others what is the verbiage they use what's the most consistent dominant verbiage they use is it verbiage that speaks to watch this you being related and identified with to the world or is it verbiage that speaks to you being identified to with God so here's the question on how to rate yourself on a scale from one to five watch this <clears throat> am I mainly and mostly known by others based on my relationship with this world or my relationship with God Ooh. am I made mainly and mostly known by others based on my relationship with this world or my relationship with God rate yourself on that scale from one to five when people when people def say let me um, define and describe Mike Steele let me do Jason Hamilton let me April or or Pastor Roar or Gus or um, a Rodney and Erica Pierre what type of verbiage are they are they using are they using language that speaks to you being identified with God or being identified to this world are they saying things like man if I have to define and describe if I got to define and describe uh, Eric Simmons he trusts God he loves God he obeys God he honors God are they using verbiage that identifies you with God or are they using verbiage that really identifies you more with this world and not like God rate yourself on a scale of one to five it is quiet mm-hmm it's quiet I'm I can feel that I can feel the quietness even through uh through me teaching on this right here I can hear the quietness right now listen all you have to do is people who know you best people who know you best family or friends and watch it and don't try to hide by saying well unbeliever may not know how to use that verbiage everybody people in my life you know they don't know how to uh uh, you know probably define stuff speaking to God no 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 because based upon my kids relationship with me my genetics crystal genetics in our kids are so strong that they behave in such a way that just tells you they belong to us same is true with the believer people should just be able to see it and go like yeah 
Nothing about his life identifies him or her with this world. They're identified with God. So one of the key areas for spiritual fitness is my identity in God. Rate yourself on a scale of one to five. Uh, some of y'all are posting it in the uh, comment line. That's that's good. Thank you for your uh, honesty. But if you not if you want to post it, that's up to you. It's more for your own. You can put it in. Um, you can keep it private. Uh, that's up to you. But but I love the fact of your vulnerability and your honesty because it encourages somebody else. And remember, no judgment, no condemnation. It is an honest assessment to help us to grow and to know how we're going to build and start getting to better spiritual fitness in our lives. Number two is my influence. My influence is influence of God. Influence of God. What do you mean influence of God? Because the scripture says that the sheep will not listen to a stranger's voice. They run from a stranger's voice. The sheep will not listen to a stranger's voice. They run from a stranger's voice. They only listen for their shepherd's voice. And if they don't hear the shepherd's voice, they run from it. So this tells us that spiritual fitness becomes an issue of how much God's voice influences our lives. The wrong voice. Are we running from it and resisting it? And are we obeying and heeding to the right voice or voices that allows us to move into fitness? Now watch this. Here, here, here. Let's unpack this a little bit more. All you and I have to do is consider the fact, am I going through life really moved by the voice of God, the promises of God, the presence of God? Do I take jobs based upon the promise of God, based upon what I hear through authentic communion, through prayer, through listening to God, through meditating on His Word? Or do I go through life really making decisions, taking life directions, navigating myself based upon problems and pressure, reacting to problems, reacting to pressure, living by my own preferences? I can't get in shape if the greatest influence in my life is still me or this world. Spiritual fitness says I got to move in response to God's voice. I have to move in response to God's voice, which is why, watch this, you're going to love me for this one right here. To be influenced by God is an issue of intimacy with God. The more intimate I am with God, the easier it is for me to hear God's voice and be moved by God. See, public worship, private worship. Public prayer, private prayer. Public praise, private praise. Public scripture reading, private scripture reading. The more I commit and devote myself to those things that speak to becoming intimate with God, His voice starts amplifying in my life. And I start taking life directions based upon what God's voice is saying. So when you look at rating yourself under um, under um, influence of God, watch. here's the question. How much does God's voice, His word, His authority, His timing, His presence, His lordship, how much does God's voice shape my daily decisions and directions. Rate yourself on a scale from one to five. One, one being, you know, rarely. And then, you know, three being sometimes and five being always. <clears throat> Someone says, can your identity fluctuate through different seasons in our, I'm not sure of that last question. So Yolanda, if you want to give it to me again, I'll, I'll, I'll get my best to get to it. Identity in God was first because that speaks to my relationship. Do people re define and describe me? Can they use verbiage that speaks more to me being related to God and less of this world? Secondly, we just talked about my influence of God. The sheep runs from a stranger's voice because they only follow the shepherd's voice. How much is God's voice influencing my daily decisions and directions? Now, watch this. When you start talking about influence 
and this is significant because you know one of the things if you're not careful you know when we when PK and I are, let's say we're doing some counseling with people and there are the assumptions that wow this job is going to pay me more money so evidently that's God's will okay have you prayed what did God say well I prayed but did you really give God the opportunity to speak to it or did you simply just tell God you know what God I'm going to take this job because it's going to pay more money it's going to get me out of debt am I saying God wants us in debt no I am saying you and I if we're going to be spiritually fit we got to depress suppress reposition ourselves in such a way that our lives are in response or in echo of his voice where he is influencing us his voice influences our decisions and our directions on a consistent basis that we don't take anything for granted God I'm listening and I'm looking out for your voice speak to me tell me and then when we hear strange voices we run from them because he, you've heard me say this before and I'm gonna move on to point three you've heard me say this before that but it's so true whoever has your ear has your life whoever has your ear has your life tell me who has your ear and you are telling me the destiny you're going to fulfill tell me who has your ear and you're telling me who has you're telling me the destiny that you're going to fulfill and so when I say God's voice I know God is not going to do the TBN thing uh, you know sound like you know deep necessarily but uh, I am saying that God is going to speak in such a way that if I'm identified with him I hear him for example when I have major decisions and directions to make I am praying I'm seeking God's face but I also got quality sound men in my life that can give me great counsel um, you know Bishop Joseph Garlington of course Apostle Billy Johnson and New Covenant Christian Ministries that I can hear God's voice if I'm unsure so that I can be influenced not by my own presumptions not by my own preferences but that I can hear God in such a way that says okay this is the direction walk ye in it got great elders when you know making major decisions for the ministry go to the elders and say hey this is what I'm thinking what are you hearing what are you sensing and so then sometimes they come back and they give me their their thought their wisdom their faith their insight that makes me go like okay God uh, maybe that was more of just me or maybe that just applied to my personal life and not the church as a whole it's all about influence whoever has your ear is shaping the future and the destiny that you're going to fulfill amen lights alright question somebody says can your identity fluctuate through different seasons in your life I don't think your identity ever changes your identity never changes because your identity is fixed I'm a believer in summer spring winter and fall I'm still a believer now the expressions of how that looks may change meaning in one season people can probably identify me more by my faith because they are seeing something that shows that I trust God but that still speaks to me being identified with God as a believer another season let's just say in the winter which represents the hard times challenging times they may see the fact that I can endure that I have patience that I have great obedience even when things are hard I don't compromise and it still speaks to me being a believer in God I don't think the identity changes I think sometimes the expression of our identity may fluctuate and change based upon the season of life but it still should speak to you and I being a believer alright so <clears throat> okay we good let me give you number three let me give you number three let me give you number three alright if I'm making sense you guys give give a thumbs up and let me know because I'm just I'm sharing some truths I believe that are significant to getting us into spiritual shape to be postured and prepared to receive God's best because it's not just a matter of us being mentally fit it's not enough just to be uh, emotionally fit financially fit it is about us being spiritually fit because that is the plumb line where it all hear me and hear me well I hope I um, don't offend anyone 
But I've been in ministry long enough and I've been serving God long enough to know that there are many well-meaning believers going to church, singing on praise and worship teams, preaching in the pulpit, serving in ministry, doing on the deacon board, the usher board, doing all these things, have great titles, but are not spiritually fit. Great titles, but not spiritually fit. Why? Because they think it's just going to happen. Getting in shape just happens because they got a title. Just because I have a pastor's title don't mean I'm spiritually fit. Because I have to work at being fit. Just because I'm called an apostle, right reverend of the church of the overcoming, blood washed, sanctified, holy rollers, evening church, dipped three times, saved through the apostolic commission of the first Baptist primitive free will church. Just because I do all those things doesn't mean I'm spiritually fit. It is a striving. What I mean by striving, it is an intentional practicing that I have to engage in to keep myself postured for God's best in my life. Amen. All right, so number one, the first area was my identity in God. The second area was influence of God. Here's number three, intentions of God. Intentions of God. Intentions of God. Uh-huh. What do you mean intentions? I love this because in John 10, Jesus clearly gives us a distinction between his motivations or intentions and the enemy's intentions and motivations. He says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. What are you talking about? So spiritually fit involves me wondering and me asking myself. This is not the question to rate yourself. But it involves really how well am I resting and how well am I really abiding in the knowledge that God has no bad intentions or plans for my life. Because Jesus says, the enemy comes, steal, kill, and destroy. I've come that you may have life and have more abundance. How well? See, I can't be fit as long as I keep thinking God has some bad plans. God is not going to do something for me. God is not going to honor his word. God is not going to be faithful. When trouble comes, man, I knew God wasn't going to do this. No. I have to know that God's intentions for me, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I think towards you. I know the plans I have for your life, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope, a future, and an expected end. So to be spiritually fit, I got to ask myself, the issue, I got to look at my life and deal with the issue of the intentions of God. And here's the question. Watch this. Am I truly and fully convinced and this, I'm talking about holistically in the majority of my life. Am I truly and fully convinced that God is for my good and about my good? See, not just one area of my life, but my whole life. Am I truly and fully convinced that God is for my good and about my good? And this is what you got to rate yourself on that scale from one to five. Rate yourself again on that scale from one to five. Now, every place that I am not operating in that full convince, that full convincing or that full conviction, watch this. That's where I get out of shape. That's where I become less spiritual. That's where I, be, I go from spiritual fitness to spiritual flabbiness. That's where worry, doubt, and fear comes in. Because I am not convinced God is for my good. Let, let, let me share a personal testimony with you guys. And I'll be very, uh, you know, just very trans, very uh, transparent naked. I remember going to counseling in 2005. I just, I needed counseling. I believe, yes, I believe in Christ. And I believe in a good biblical sound counselor. I believe they go, you can be anointed praying at home and be anointed sitting on the couch getting therapy, talking to a counselor. And I'll never forget, they were asking questions about just my childhood um, and just what did I believe in certain things about myself and about God as a child. And one of the things that came up was because I grew up with so many athletes that were superior to me in the athletic areas, in the athletic areas, I mean just guys that should be, that should have went, you know, just me, that had capacity, should have went for baseball track or football to college or even the pros. 
I felt like, okay, God, you're not for me because everybody else around me has these skills. And it took me um, some years to really understand and to believe that God is for me. Even when I don't understand, even when I feel like I'm missing out on something, even when it seems like I'm not getting what I think I deserve or whatever, God's heart is to bless, not to condemn. God's heart is to bless, not to judge. God's heart for me is to elevate, to transform me, not to my demise. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes that I may have life. Let me give you this last one. Rate yourself on that one. Here's the last one. is my inheritance in God. My inheritance. Inheritance. What do you mean inheritance? Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay my life down for the sheep. I lay my life down for the sheep. I lay my life down for the sheep. The word inheritance naturally implies that someone lived and died and that they have left blessings, finances, provisions, uh, resources, possessions. They have left something for us in a will or a testament that, watch this, that you and I didn't work for, we didn't strive for, we didn't pay for, we simply got to receive it. That's an inheritance. That's what we're talking about. This last area, inheritance from God. Jesus says, I lay my life down. And if I'm going to be spiritually fit, then I got to recognize, hear me. I have been called to an inheritance from God. To receive from God. Because spiritual fitness doesn't come by me working and worrying. It comes by how well I rest and receive in God. How well I rest and receive. Spiritual fitness doesn't come by me working harder and worrying more. It's the issue of how well I receive from God and rest in God. So I'm not qualified by my doing. It becomes an issue of me being qualified by my faith. In the fact that Jesus has already willed left me blessings and breakthroughs according to the will. He laid his life down. Hear me, watch this. That's why it's called an Old Testament, Old Will, and New Testament, New Will. Because God is saying, look, I got an inheritance for you. The Bible, yes, we call it promises. The Bible is your inheritance. It is a book of that gives you your inheritance. And then you got to receive it. But what we feel like, man, uh-uh, got to work hard. That's why here's the question to rate yourself on this right here. Hear me. Watch this. Do I mainly and mostly believe my blessings are earned by my performance? Be honest. Do I mainly and mostly believe my blessings are earned or based on my performance, my actions, my working hard? Or are they given based on God's promises? Rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 5. Rate yourself on a scale from 1 to 5. Uh-huh. Giving pause right there. Rate yourself from 1 to 5. Someone asked the question, how do you differentiate between my ability and God's ability? In a sense of trusting yourself and trusting God. You know when you're operating in your own ability because oftentimes there is going to be a sense of striving when you're in your own ability you are striving when you're operating in God's abilities it is usually accompanied with a great sense of peace calmness and quietness our ability is usually reflected by stress worry anxiety fear God's ability is accompanied by his peace, by rest, by calmness, by quietness. Now, rate yourself under inheritance in God. Uh-huh. Yeah. Y'all are all right with me. All right. If, we, if you're getting anything out of this, just, just let me know. Call to an inheritance. Yes, you are. All right. So we're qualified by faith. Um, that is good. That, yeah, that, that was a good. Self-help. See, 
I'm laughing because not because of what somebody wrote, but I'm laughing because when you and I get to this whole issue of inheritance and and you and I talk about I know God wants to do it. I know God is going to come through. God has already given us everything pertaining to life and godliness according to the book of First Peter and Second Peter. What do I have to do then to manifest what God has already given me? I got to be spiritually fit. I got to make sure I'm clear and clean in my identity in God, making sure I am living by the influence of God, making sure I'm resting in the intentions of God, and making sure I know that my inheritance from God is already settled. So now, if I stay spiritually fit, I am not trying to force something. Because here's the deal. God can simply be having me wait for. And what I mean by wait, having me stay in the position for him to give it to me because it's just not the timing right. The timing is not settled. But I can't let the world pull me into the world's identity. I can't let other people who tell me, well, you 40 by now. You need to stop believing God, stop waiting for a godly man or godly woman, and you need to just get anybody who's halfway decent, half, uh, halfway um, love God. You know, they got at least a good job. They got at least, you know, this. They don't have any drama with them. Wrong influence. Wrong influence. Because God called me to spiritual fitness, not logical fitness, not conditional fitness, not circumstantial fitness, not traditional fitness. He calls me to spiritual fitness. And so I got to make sure I'm heeding to the right voice. And then because I got inheritance from God, I just got to receive it. I don't have to stress and struggle. I got to receive it. Amen? Amen? All right. Let me give you uh, the big so what. Here you go. Here's the big so what. The big so what is this right here. Spiritual fitness does not start with my doing for God, but with my yielding to God. Spiritual fitness does not start with my doing for God, but my yielding to God. That's where it starts. Don't start with my, with my trusting. With my trying, it starts with my trusting. Trusting that God has already provided everything I need for life and godliness. Okay, so here's your take-home challenge. Here's your take-home challenge. This week, I want you to read the entire Gospel of St. John. Read the entire Gospel of St. John. I want you to um, go through your notes. And I want you to just pick one of the four areas where, you grade, where you've evaluated yourself. And just, and just spend some time with you, the Lord, His Word. Bring in godly voices, mature voices, and just say, how can I improve in this area? So just find the four and just take the one, and then just say, how can I improve in this area? Spend some time with God, His Word, His promises, and bring in trusted voices. Number three, I want everybody to go. This is your take-home challenge. I want you to go to the website, look at Fall Fitness, and I want you to get fully engaged in all of the events and the opportunities because it speaks to spiritual fitness. Spiritual fitness influences every area of my life. That's the identity. See, you can't be spiritually fit and say God only influences my prayer life. No spiritual fitness influences every area. It influences my finances. It influences my, my job life. It influences my social life. It influences my romantic life. It influences my personal life. It influences every area of my life. So the take-home challenge, read the Gospel of John this week. Identify one of the four areas that um, where you didn't score high and you want to improve on get you some trusted voices mature voices to help you to grow engage in fitness and the fall fitness events all of them go to the website discoverlifega.org engage in them um, the at a glance um, page on the website get it up to date and then finally when we end this broadcast I want everybody to share the message that's the last part of your take home challenge Share the message. Send it through your social media channel, channels and platforms. Time we end the message, send it out. Send the broadcast out. Now, listen to me. If you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, you won't be spiritually fit just because you go to church. You won't be spiritually fit just because you think you're a good person and you're not as bad as that person. The first part of becoming spiritually fit is recognizing I need Jesus to be the Lord and director of my life. 
I want to be the sheep that's a part of his flock. And that means every day, by faith, I just believe that he loves me, he cares for me, he has a wonderful plan for my life, and I trust him to do everything that he says. It's not about being perfect, it's about trusting him. So if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, but you want him to be Lord and director and you want to start your journey of being physically fit, I want you to type in the comment line, salvation, type salvation. If you used to be walking with Jesus and used to be spiritually fit, but you know you're not in shape with God like you know to be, I want you to type in the word rededication. Type in rededication. And then here's the other part of being physically, uh, spiritually fit. You're called to be a part of a flock. You're called to be a part of a community of other believers where you can be known and people can know you and you can know others. And so you're saying, hey, I'm interested in learning more about Discover Life Church. I want to be a part of the church virtually until we come back together and meet physically. Um, you can just type in membership, type in membership. And regardless of those three areas, somebody will um, reach out to you. So if you're saying, you know what, I want to start this journey, I want to get spiritually fit, you type in salvation. If you are saying, I need to come back and get in shape and start all, and start and restart the journey, you type in rededication. And if you're saying, hey, I need a church home, I'm interested in learning more about Discover Life Church, or I want to go ahead and join, you just go ahead and you type in the line membership. So I love you guys to life. Let's go ahead. Father, I thank you for this word. Seal it in our hearts. Influence us by your Holy Spirit so that we would know that our identity is in you and that we would be mindful that you have wonderful plans for us, that you're a good, good father and that we have a great inheritance in you so that now we can rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. I pray you enjoyed today's teaching. Let's keep in touch by subscribing to the Discover You podcast. Be blessed.